0: These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd Judd. on Score North and scorenorth.com. Reckless speculation. Reckless speculation. And a happy Reckless Speculation Thursday to all who celebrate here. It's Minnesota sports with Mackie and Judd, your home for daily Minnesota sports entertainment therapy and speculation. Every Thursday we bring our friend from the 5 Eyewitness News Sports Department in for some inside information about your Minnesota sports teams and for some good old fun, safe space, reckless speculation. Darren
2: Doogie Wolfson. Yeah, Yeah. I'm here, here in living color, everything, right? If you've got YouTube, you can see my pretty face right now. Just got my haircut filled, so I'm feeling good. Happy Reckless Speculation Thursday. Well, let's start.
0: So we'll get to some Vikings salary cap-related things. Once they make the Dalvin Cook move, they're going to have like $20 million in cap space. We're going to discuss what they could do with that here in the next few weeks. But uh, you had a conversation yesterday, I believe, or the day before, with Timberwolves owner Glenn Taylor. So uh, the floor is yours. What did you learn about the Timberwolves after your conversation?
2: Yes. So the conversation took place on Wednesday late afternoon full context I began with the links I told Glenn hey I would love to catch up certainly review the wolf season we haven't talked at least on the record since the end of the wolf season but also with the Lynx opener on Friday year 25 for the links in the WNBA wanted wow. to get his thoughts on the links I did not know before I get to the wolves I did not know maybe this was out there but I did not know that the extension I knew Cheryl Reeve signed an extension after last season but I wasn't sure of the term on that extension. Five years. So the way Glenn laid it out, hey, what we expect is one of those five years being this year. Okay, we are in a rebuild. Glenn said, hey, look for three rookies to make the roster. It is very much a rebuild over at Mayo Clinic Square with the Lynx. Okay? But years two, three, is four. Maya
0: Moore, is Maya Moore still under team control?
2: Yeah. She finally is retired. Okay. Sylvia it's, Fowles it's gone easier. too. Yeah. Hey, they thought she wouldn't play last year. I joked with Glenn. I said, hey, have you tried to talk to Sylvia? Try to get her back maybe for one more year. He goes, hey, we thought she was retiring before last year. We got that extra year out of her last year. So Sylvia is not coming back anytime soon. But Glenn said, hey, years two, three, four, and five of the five-year extension with Cheryl, we think can be really, really good. But make no mistake. This year is all about developing the young talent. I will say this much. Diamond Miller, the number two pick in the draft out of Maryland. Her ceiling is incredibly high. Just her versatility, her athleticism, her ability to guard multiple positions. Like, Aaliyah Boston went number one overall. That's fine. I think immediately Aaliyah maybe has more of an impact. But three, four years from now, I would not be shocked if we talk about Diamond Miller being the best player from this draft class. So then I transitioned to the Wolves. He broke some news. So this isn't reckless speculation. This is legit information from the guy that knows everything. This just in. Well, I tweeted it out yesterday, but Kyle Anderson underwent eye surgery yesterday, Wednesday. So you think about game four of the Nuggets playoff series. Was it Nikola Jokic? Doesn't matter who was driving down the lane. Anthony Edwards comes over, tries to block the shot, hand motion. Finger right into the eye of Kyle Anderson. I believe it was his left eye. Not sure, though. I mean, I have a 50-50 chance. I think it was his left eye. Anyway, he had to wear, you know, some sort of patch for for a few weeks. I mean, I don't know if we understood how serious an eye injury that Kyle Anderson suffered. So that was, what, about a month ago, give or take a few days? About 28 to 32 days ago? Maybe it was more like 25-ish, but that was a while ago, so they had to... Uh, like, wait for the swelling to go down, all that stuff. And he finally underwent eye surgery on Wednesday. Glenn thankfully said, Hey, the outlook is very, very good. But I just, I think we underplayed mm. the seriousness of that Kyle Anderson eye injury that kept him out of that game five, that final game of that Denver series in Denver when the Wolves lost. Also, from Glenn Taylor, he said, Hey, I had a nice chat with Chris Finch on Wednesday. And, you know, we talked about a lot of stuff, but he goes, I didn't tell him this, but I'll tell you this. He needs to be better. You know, I cited all the double Wait, digit- why would,
0: Wait, Glenn, said, yeah, Glenn I said I didn't tell
2: Chris he needs to be better. He did. But I'll tell you this.
0: Yes. See, okay, I know this is just a small snippet in a conversation, and I wasn't on the phone when you are having this conversation. That's my problem with Glenn Taylor, right there in a nutshell. Dude, communicate it with the coach. If you think the coach isn't good enough, Create a culture where you hold him accountable Now, for not one being could good enough.
2: Argue, I will post that conversation at some point, hopefully later today, with the help of producer AJ here at Score North. So you can hear the full audio. But if I recall, I walked him into it by saying, you know, one concern I have, Glenn, is all these double-digit leads. You guys blew this year. And we saw it in the playoffs last year against Memphis, right? Like double-digit leads in the fourth quarter, three times. Against Memphis. Heck, they should have won that Memphis playoff series. So I said, hey, Glenn, like that theme continued throughout the year. Like we knew it was an issue last year, then it continued into this year. That's when he said, hey, Chris knows he needs to be better. I think he needs to be better. But hey, make no mistake about this. Chris Finch is going to be back. We see all these coaches being fired. You know, I said, hey, you know, did Chris need to get some assurance from you? He goes, nah, we didn't really go there, but. You know, just read right between the lines. Glenn isn't firing Chris Finch anytime real soon, even though you see Monty Williams, Doc Rivers go up and down the list. Yeah, but, but
0: your pushback, your pushback about the, they, I think they had 19 double digit blown leads this season. Correct. And like half of them were in the fourth quarter. And so we talk about the Miami Heat just went on the road in one game, one, and Heat culture has been this thing for 20 years. Pat Riley down to Eric Spolstra, Dwayne Wade down to, you know, Jimmy Butler now. And, and heat culture is about maximizing effort and toughness and everything. Timberwolves culture would include for, for 15 years, even going back to like Rubio and Kevin Love, blown double digit leads, leading the league in technical fouls, like all these undisciplined, dumb things. And I think some of that has to, I know that like you're not going to grill him on this because he's a great interview for you, but some of this starts with ownership on down guys, why do we have a culture that blows double-digit leads going back to different rosters? Why are we leading the league in technical fouls and being undisciplined and overemotional and spastic, right? Like, why are we punching each other during a decisive game 82? Like, these are things that I would love to get answers to uh, just on behalf of fans. But
2: Well, I'm not sure they have all the answers. They know the issues, but they don't necessarily have all the answers right this second. Now, to me the heat, you know if you want to use that popular sports buzzword culture, the heat's mm-hmm. culture, I don't want to call it an outlier, but like the Wolves like are so far from that. Like the Wolves just need to make a little bit of progress. Forget the heat, like don't <laughs> compare yourself to the heat culture and it does go back decades. Heck it's player development, it's conditioning. Like I remember James Johnson when he came here. Remember James Johnson from a few years ago with the Wolves, you know him mm-hmm. talking about his experiences in Miami just from a conditioning standpoint, how crazy it is, right? So Miami, just look at the players they've developed going back two decades. It's just, it's nuts. So to me, I don't want to compare the Wolves to Miami. The Wolves need to make all sorts of progress, but Miami is so far ahead. It's just, it's not even worth the breath. But, you know, you're right. I mean, those are all good questions. You know, Glenn, you know, he he doesn't have all the answers. He just doesn't. I'll tell you another interesting thing Glenn told me. So I said, hey, so are you like, are you no longer the majority owner this December or is it next March? And he goes, well, I thought it was going to be December. But then Mark Laurie, Alex Rodriguez said, hey, can we push back the deadline? So now it's looking like March of 2024. I said, hey, Glenn, like what's your relationship like? You know, is it rock solid? Are you really building on that relationship with Mark and Alex? He said, well, there's some other people in the office. I think he was alluding to Ethan Casson, and Ryan Tankey, some mm-hmm. others that deal with Mark and Alex way more than he does. So I found that pretty interesting. Glenn is coming off some he serious. He doesn't care at this I know. point. Well, <laughs> he cares, but it's just it's interesting that they're it just it kind of sounded like just not much of a relationship there. So I did. I found that interesting. So is
1: Is the deadline officially pushed? The next March of twenty four. Yeah. well, and the league
2: still needs to approve and all that, so put it this way. It right. looks like at this point, Glenn Taylor is going to be the majority owner January 1st, 2024. Okay. All right, yeah, but so at some point more, in March. one more okay. full
0: season of Glenn Taylor is what.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, maybe toward the end of next season, you know, if the money is there and all that, right? I mean, they were able to make that last payment. They've brought in some investors, but there are still some question marks about Mark. And Alex, but if everything progresses as they have planned, yes, we're looking at like the end of next season for Mark and Alex to transition to to majority ownership. But Glenn is still going to have, you know, whether it's 15%, 20%, Glenn is still going to have a decent amount of, of equity in the team, but he just won't be the majority owner. Glenn is coming off back surgery, but he will be at the opener, the Lynx opener tomorrow, but he's mm-hmm. moving around gingerly. He also said, you know, I'm bearing maybe another lead, he is against trading Carl Anthony Towns. He is well aware of all the trade rumors, but for him, he wants to he wants to run this thing back with Rudy and Kat. So he is not inclined to blow things up. He also said, I think David Shama, a local reporter, put this out there, but it may have been buried just because David just doesn't have a widespread audience, but I'll credit David, good guy. So Glenn told David, I don't know, 7 to 10 days ago Glenn reiterated it with me that that Tim Connolly for whatever it's worth because you may say who cares what Tim told Glenn things can change but that Tim Connolly has told Glenn that he indeed will be back next season. Okay. Okay. I don't know, I don't know
0: about uh I don't know about Tim Connolly's word at this point. I don't know. There's just something something a little cloak and dagger about the way Connolly has gone about his communication so far.
2: Well, yes. Last Do you want an interesting Tim Connolly nugget? No, actually, I think we're good. Let's move on. <laughs> <kidding>. <laughs> yes, please. So Tuesday. Reckless? No, no, not reckless. reckless. No, no, not in this case. Well, yeah, maybe the conversation coming up, but but the headline here is is not reckless. So Tuesday in Chicago at the draft combine, all the GMs gather for a meeting. Right. Well. Guess who represented the Wolves at the GM meeting on Tuesday? You would think, right? Tim Connolly, right? I mean, he's the leader crunch. of the front office. Why wouldn't Tim Connolly crunch.
0: Yeah, Crunch. Be... <laughs> Did crunch guy. show up? At
2: the GM meeting.
0: Great crunch guns. with
2: a t-shirt cannon. That's, yeah.
0: what, he, that's yeah. what he showed up. <laughs> who wants a free t-shirt? Like, yes, so. a um, guy. Yeah,
2: calm down. It wasn't Tim, but it also wasn't Crunch. It was Matt Lloyd, who pecking order-wise, number two or number three in the front office. Now. Let me make this very clear. Bob Myers of Golden State was not in the room. Not well, every number he's one. He's also going
0: through a contract he dispute is. right now.
2: And I and mean their season Bob literally Myers. just ended. Right? So, different circumstances. But point is, not every number one was in that room. Many teams sent their number two or number three. So, add the Wolves to hmm. that list. But if you wanted some interesting... You know, scuttlebutt about Tim is as, as we discuss Connolly here. You know, just noteworthy that he, he wasn't, wasn't there at the on GM Tuesday. Meetings. Mm-hmm. So it was just... a little bit
1: surprising.
0: It's a little bit surprising. I feel you like know... Tim should be. Was he at the POBO? Was there a separate POBO meeting, dudes? You got the GM meetings for the number two <laughs> and the Pope. Maybe there's a POBO meeting for the that was it, Phil. POBOs.
2: Yeah, that was it. Okay. Yeah. Special, yeah. Knock, so he chose not to the be PO there. POBO knock. Yeah. Now I will say in the, the Wizards. Found, like, there's the ESPN report from last night. Michael Winger, number two guy with the L.A. Clippers, is interviewing or has interviewed Trajan Langdon is in that mix. believe Trajan is still with the New Orleans Pelicans. There just hasn't been like any sort of legit Tim Connolly, Washington steam. What's interesting on Winger, a lot of people will tell you, remember, he turned down an opportunity. The Wolves really, really had heavy interest in Winger back in 2019 before hiring Gerson Rosas. And Winger was listening for a bit, but then he backed out during the process. And a lot of people believe if he had gone through with the process, Michael Winger would have gotten that Wolves job, not Gerson Rosas. Interesting. So, um, well, yesterday we set the internet ablaze, pun
0: intended, with our Timberwolves Blazers blockbuster trade discussion here on Minnesota Sports with Mackie and Judd. I saw all sorts of publications Apparently, John Hollinger at the same time released an episode where John Hollinger was talking about Cat to the Blazers, too. So great minds think alike, I guess. But uh, the deal, for those who didn't hear it, the deal that I put out to these guys was Carl Anthony Towns. You get five years of Carl Anthony Towns. And I, I'm I'm looking to put veterans around Damian Lillard. So you can have Cat and Torian Prince for $7.5 million. And then the Wolves would get back the number three overall pick. So either Brandon Miller or Scoot Henderson, my guess is. Uh, I said another future first-round pick as well, and then Anthony Simons, the dynamic 23-year-old, all offense, no defense, all gas, no breaks, combo guard, and then for salary matching, Nurkic, who's just a dud, but he makes $18 million, and then like a Nasir Little for $6 million, so, and you kind of pushed back on Twitter and said, eh, it feels like a little, little steep of a price for the Blazers, but... What do you think? I mean, that those conversations are going to take place. The Blazers have already said in the 24 hours since the draft lottery, we are interested in using the number three pick to find veterans to build a championship team around Damian Lillard, not to draft a 19-year-old kid with a 14-year age gap uh, with our superstar. So,
2: Which I respectfully disagree on. I would actually trade Lillard, I hit the you- reset button, and build around Miller or Henderson, Simons, sharp that was another thing you added hey the wolves could somehow get shade and sharp there's almost no way though in that you know? deal zero chance none mm-hmm. zilch not happening I, but
0: you got to start the conversation somewhere and his name would be on my initial offer well and they sure take it off
2: right just it. like utah jada mcdaniels was on the list for so long right so yes if there is actual dialogue of course you would have to at least inquire about sharp but i just can't see a scenario where portland would do all that plus sharp to land Cat, who in the 26-27 season will be on the hook for over $58 million, then as a player option for the 27-28 season at $62.5 million. But I get it. There is appeal to having a guy locked up for five more years. We've heard a lot of Pascal Siakam steam out of Toronto. Not with Minnesota, just in general, right? That Toronto may be looking to move him. Well, he has one year left on his deal, right? So... You may like Siakam the player, but if you don't have any sort of assurance that he would re-sign with you, maybe you don't give up as much. So I get it. There is appeal to having Cat under team control for five more years. I just think there's a different all-in move. If Portland really truly says, okay, we will build around Damian. Let's keep Lillard here. All-time Blazer, great. Perhaps the best player in their franchise history, whether it's him or Clyde Drexler or whatever. But hey, we would be doing a disservice. Like, Damien's been so loyal to us. Let's reward that loyalty. Let's see what we can do. If they are truly believing that, Phil, I just wonder if there's a different all-in move. So that's fine. Giving up pick three, maybe even a future first. Maybe Anthony Simons. Simons is really good, Phil. And I'm not even sure Nurkic is a dud. I mean, you'd spin him elsewhere. You wouldn't have Nurkic here. Yeah, you can't but, have like, I think Nurkic you could get something team. for him in your hypothetical like, you could spin him elsewhere, get some sort of asset in return. Yeah, I'm sure, Phil, Portland, Dallas, I mean, there's going to be teams that are going to call the Wolves, right? I just think they run this thing back one more year. That's why I just I continue to think that next summer, not this summer, has a chance to be uh, big-time fascinating. That, you know, we'll hear the chatter, but I don't think the Wolves are going to initiate, you know, subject to change, but I just I don't think the Wolves are going to initiate Cat trade talk in the coming weeks. But I get it. Like, I'll tell you what, like, you know, our mutual friend Chad Hartman threw it out there. Dallas has liked Rudy Gobert in the past. That's something yeah. I would pursue. Keeping Cat trying to move Rudy. What would Dallas give you for Rudy Gobert?
0: This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation.
1: So, Duke, to, to, to go back to what Glenn told you about Finch and, and telling you personally, but not Finch, that you need to be, do a, be, a better job. If this does so, if they run this entire thing back, and I know Glenn is outgoing as well, so this probably makes the discussion a little bit more difficult. But it is reckless speculation. Thursday, if Chris Finch goes out in the first round again, or it doesn't work, is that it then? Like, with, like, if if you have a head of the organization saying we need to see steps, and you don't see said steps, and let's say Cat plays the entire year here, so he doesn't get hurt, um, is Finch? a goner at that point in time, depending on how this looks. Yeah, I think that's
2: where we'd be getting to next summer being a lot more fascinating than this summer, right? With, you know, the way my understanding is Tim Connolly's contract is written. If he ever was going to leave, yes, if things went south next season, then this time next year, Chris Finch being on the hot seat, potentially getting the ax at that point, you blow up the cat. Rudy experiment. So yes, I would think all that would be on the table. But let's not forget Mark Lurie was the driver of the bus on the Chris Fitch extension 13 months ago, April of 2022, that four year, you know, good money extension. Right. So would Laurie and A Rod at that point be willing to eat the money to fire Finch? If all goes as planned, they then would be in charge, not Glenn. But yes, I'm just telling you, I think next summer. Like, I think a lot of stuff could happen next summer. Um,
0: We'd love to get to some Vikings cap stuff before we do any other final Timberwolves-related nuggets from your Glenn Taylor conversation or otherwise, Duke.
2: Well, I mean, definite interest. I mean, they've had plenty of dialogue on Nas Reed. Glenn would love to see Nas Reed back, but is being realistic. Like, at this point, when we're talking here on May 18th, it makes logical sense for Nas to get all the way to early July to free agency. Like, why would you re-sign with the Wolves right now? Now, the rules allow, like, if the Wolves wanted to re-sign Nas Reed today, they could. But if you're Nas, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. You may as well see what is out there. Like, to me, the Spurs would be a wonderful fit. They have all sorts of cap space. If I'm Nas That's Reed, true. I'd <laughs> look at the Spurs. I would really would. But, heard, I mean, there's I some mean, other I mean, ones. I'd but, rather. Yeah. If
0: I'm Nas Reed, I'd rather go play for the Spurs anyways. I'm... I, I'm probably going to start with the Spurs. I get to then play next to the this generational star for the next handful of years. I mean, couldn't blame him. Correct. If the Wolves can't offer a starting spot and the Spurs can offer a starting spot and equal or more money, I mean, God, it's kind of a no-brainer.
2: Yes. The other interesting thing, it's not my own personal scoop, but a lot of these draft prospects are meeting with the media at the Combine. So there's 25 reporters. They're at a podium. A bunch of reporters are throwing questions. That guy. So inevitably, guys are being asked because, to me, if there's anything to glean this week, like the scrimmages, maybe a touch, the combine testing, maybe a touch, but like the interviews, like bringing a kid into your suite, talking with him for 15 to 20 minutes, really getting to know a young man. So the Wolves put an interview request in for Anthony Black, six 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 seven combo guard, can guard multiple positions, played for my guy Mus. At the University of Arkansas. Well, Anthony Black is going to be a lottery pick. Perhaps go as high as pick six or pick seven, maybe even pick five. The Wolves Um. don't pick until pick 53. What's the interest in the Wolves interviewing a lottery prospect? So maybe that feeds into Mm -hmm. some of your chatter, Phil, about the Wolves doing their due diligence in the event. Maybe some trade scenario pops up. Jim Conley, line two.
0: Blazers on line
1: three.
0: (laughs) Maybe the the Spurs on line four. No, they're not trading that pick, unfortunately.
1: Happy for my guy, Um, Trey
0: Jones.
2: Yeah, I mean, the Spurs. I mean, with all that cap space, uh, I mean, outside of, you know, maybe the Nuggets, you look at their infrastructure, you know, some of these upper echelon teams. I'm not sure there's a team in a better spot right now than San Antonio.
0: Yeah, it's in a good good position. Uh, You know what else is in a good position? The Power Lodge to help you with throttle therapy this summer power lodge and Miller Marine new partners of ours here on score North and uh, the twin cities, newest ben- Bennington dealer also power lodge with locations in Brainerd and Amy Ramsey, Miller Marine and St. Cloud Judd.
1: I find that Phil, the key to a lifestyle, a lifestyle of reckless speculation is relaxation, right? A clear like head. The great ideas. A, a clear, clear, clear head. head. Well, yeah. imagine throttle therapy. Imagine you are on that Bennington right now with your pals and a few beers coming up with reckless speculation trades that the Timberwolves might be talking about right now. There is no better place than on the water to relax and enjoy with throttle therapy in a state that needs plenty of sports therapy.
0: You haven't lived until you've recklessly speculated on a Bennington pontoon from Power Lodge or Miller Marine. PowerLodge.com and MillerMarine.com. And then... For all of you Ragnar's and Victor's out there, make sure your motorcycle is ready for riding season with Dennis Kirk. Whatever you ride—Harley, Indian, Metro Cruiser, Sport Bike—you'll find what you need at denniskirk.com. So you can ride more and wait less. Over 180,000 parts and accessories in stock, clothing and helmets as well. Shipping is free for orders over 89 bucks. If you order by 8 p.m., they ship the same day. Everything you need for your ride at denniskirk.com. So. Zadarius is gone, and the Vikings freed up about $10 million in cap space, 11 with that move. Uh, Dalvin Cook, according to you and other people who are plugged in, likely to be
2: gone sometime after June 1st if it's a Although they could do it now, you know, like if you wanted to, you could do it now, Phil, designated post-June 1st. But, yes, point is I don't see Dalvin here week one against Tampa. So if he's gone, you're going
0: to have about $20 million in cap space for this season, for this summer, for this season. The free agency major wave is already over. Although there is, there are still some guys like, you know, veteran uh, edge Rusher, Melvin Ingram, and there's a couple other interesting names. If you wanted to bring in another veteran to give you some depth, you could. But what are the most likely things the Vikings would do? Like Jordan Addison, you need money to sign your first-round pick, which they just did. But you don't need $20 million to sign Jordan Addison, so what are the most likely things they would do with $20 million in cap space in the next two months or so?
2: Well, give Daniil Hunter a bump. TJ Hawkinson extension. I mean, the Justin Jefferson extension is going to happen. I mean, Judd, you probably know the cap gymnastics way better than I, but are there some things they can do? I mean, I don't know how yeah. high Justin's cap number hit is now, what they can do it's in 4. terms 1 of 1
0: now maneuvering money around,
2: how you yes. would want to align that, but... There are things they could do with a Justin Jefferson extension as well. So those would be three things immediately. I've not heard any steam. I told Judd this on Tuesday. I checked on Leonard Floyd. Maybe that happens down the road, Rams connection, all that. But there just isn't any steam on on the free agent pass rusher. Unique Ngakwe is another good free agent pass rusher, a capable free agent pass rusher out there. You brought up the name Ingram. I I haven't heard any of that steam. I checked again on Dalton Reisner, perhaps the best offensive lineman free agent available right now. His history with the Vikings' offensive line coach, but crickets. The Vikings have not inquired.
1: The intriguing thing about this, uh, this discussion, which we have, I don't think we have broached this. We've broached the potential for it to happen, but I don't think that, that we've gotten into a conversation about the salary cap implications, too, is um, this, if you create more cap room, also leaves the opportunity to sign Cousins to a year or two extension, and try and kick oh, some man. of that cap into 2023. Because I don't, I really don't think at the end of the day here, and it's this is not a criticism of the Vikings, I don't think there's a definitive plan yet. Like, I think they are exploring options. Um, well, I think there's a are-
2: plan. I think it's got multiple tentacles. Well, sure. And well, that's certainly one
1: of those tentacles
2: is yes, extending Kirk Cousins. And exactly. Cousins is this team's quarterback in 2024. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. And if you do that, you're obviously going to uh, to need cap space as well. So, yeah, the Cousins situation playing out with a short-term extension, I don't think would shock most. And no. that could be part of the reason to leave some cap space for yourself.
2: Absolutely. Excellent point. Yeah, I mean, I'm remiss in not mentioning when I you know go down those three bullet points, Hunter, Hawkinson, Jefferson, I should have mentioned Cousins because absolutely that can be in play. Super interesting. Yeah, the cousins, the cousins
0: thing. The door is open. Reckless speculation. They just have flexibility. So, by the way, I just here's a fun little nugget for you guys. So, I uh, I have a friend I found out yesterday who is great friends with Andre Carter and his family. So, I have a mutual connection to the he. uh, He's the Army edge rusher that at one point was projected to maybe be like a second, third, fourth round pick, and he winds up falling. He tested kind of poorly. We've heard from some listeners. That have gone through the army or uh, different military training that said your training is mostly endurance based, and so you have to keep up a certain level of endurance based training in the army that doesn't fully align with maybe the strength training and the explosiveness training that you would go through as an NFL player. So that's why his testing might have been down. But I've heard that he is a great guy. Just to, like like teammates are gonna love him. Just an all time good human being. And the Vikings did give him Dukes a big. UDFA signing bonus, and so they've got a couple really interesting undrafted free agents, and now that uh, Zadarius Smith is out, I mean, the the coast is kind of clear here for some under-the-radar guys to step up and maybe play this season that you might not have
2: on your household name list. Amen, yeah, I mean, the linebacker pace from Cincinnati is another, but yes, Carter, like, based on the money they gave him, Phil, outbidding multiple other suitors, like, I would be very, very surprised if they ate that money if he doesn't make the 53-man roster. So, yes, Andre Carter. And, yeah, I mean, I've heard some of the same things. I had the note about how he loves to floss after every single meal. Right? So very, very disciplined. Right? Yeah, that Army background. Yes, there's going to be a lot to like about him. You know, don't have, like, these enormous expectations heading into September. But eventually. I've heard
0: the same things about Ivan Pace, too, actually. I have, I have mutual connections to both of these guys somehow. <laughs> And I have, and I, I'm not like a reporter or anything, but I've heard that Ivan Pace is also
2: like a high character guy and all. Nice. Things, I so haven't heard any background that. on him, but I will defer to you on he that. Blocked? But yeah, I mean, they absolutely flosses
0: after every meal. Though I'm done with yeah. him if he doesn't <laughs> <block. You gotta
2: laughs> floss. But they absolutely like Carter. I didn't get a chance yet. I was too locked in on Addison, some of the offensive guys. Last Friday, so I don't know if you watched a decent amount of Carter or not. Not that there's a whole lot to glean no. when they're in shorts, when it's rookie minicamp. But I do I know they have a healthy opinion of him, clearly, based on the yep. money they gave him.
1: And it, also, I think we brought this up a couple of weeks ago, but recklessly speculating, don't be don't be absolutely shocked if DJ Wanham does not make the roster. Whoa, whoa, whoa.
2: whoa
0: don't
1: you think there's a trade him. there coming? I think that there might be, well... um, I just I could see I could I think that they might actually keep some guys mm. that right now we we don't expect and there also are are some guys that I think that there might be a fear that if they try to wave them and get them through to the practice squad might not get through um I'm just throwing it out there I'm not going to be surprised oh, I don't think it's nuts DJ e. Wanum like is Patrick a Jones camp cut.
2: Yeah Jones they like they like him a good amount so I'd put Jones pecking order wise ahead of Wanam, Wanam fell off a little bit last year. So, yeah, when you throw that out there, I hadn't thought about it. But, yeah, like I don't think it's nuts. Yeah, I I understand where you're coming
1: from. Brian Flores is going to have a different opinion of some of the personnel than they did a year ago. I think there's no question about that. And my guess is he would prefer to go with young and unknown as opposed to young, but you pretty much know what you're going to get.
2: Well, that's why Makai Blackman is going to start games this year. I don't know exactly yeah. how many. I put the over-under at six and a half or seven, but he's going to start. Like, it may not be September 10th, but it's going to happen this year. Duke's all right. Empty the bag. Any other final scoops here? Yeah, so this? Twins not Wise, Tyler Where's Malleys, that? Tommy John surgery. Don't think this is out there. That will happen on Monday with the czar of Tommy John surgeries, Dr. Keith Meister in Texas. Caleb Fieldbar is eligible to come off the injured list tomorrow. My understanding is that oblique injury, he's doing fine, but. Still needs to build up some arm strength. So do not, do not look for Caleb Thielbar to be activated tomorrow. That's unfortunate. The Twins can use Caleb Thielbar; He's not real far away, but still needs to build up some of that arm strength. Nick Gordon to the injured list. They faced two lefties this weekend in Anaheim. So, you know, the logical move is Kyle Garlick up with Nick Gordon to the IL. Still waiting to hear on Jorge Polanco's hamstring. But if he has to go to the IL... Julian would be the logical call up there on Gophers basketball. They still have one more scholarship to play with. They're still kicking around some portal guys. There is the possibility of them adding somebody. If they do, it'll be somebody from the portal, but it is possible. They just leave that scholarship open, but it's one more scholarship. The Gophers men's basketball program has to use for next season.
0: There he is, Darren Doogie Wolfson from the 5 Eyewitness News Sports Team Scoop Podcast. Speculation. Great stuff, Dukes. Okay, boys, take it easy. All All right. happy Reckless Speculation Always. Thursday here. By the way, on a, on a second episode of Minnesota Sports with Mackie and Judd, Je- Doogie alluded to a Gobert Mavericks thing. There is a, a trade out there from SI.com. Oh. I'll just leave it at that. There's a Rudy Gobert to the Mavericks trade that we will discuss because Thursdays are a safe space for reckless speculation.
1: And there's going to be a lot of wolves' reckless speculation in the next couple of months. It's going to yes. be outstanding.
0: It's going to be uh, glorious. So thanks for hanging out with us here on this reckless speculation Thursday.